92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or row to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hi, I'm Abby, and you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes every week. And this is a very uh, unfamiliar feeling for me. I will be recording this one solo. Um, You can check out our Instagram to see why Vanessa might be missing the next couple of weeks. Uh, Spoiler alert, she is taking her maternity leave. Um, Little Camila came a little bit early. Um, They're both doing great. And we really appreciate everyone's uh, supporting messages uh, and checking in. It has really been super sweet. If you want to learn a little bit more about what happened, um, why Camila came early, go to our Instagram page at Real Moms of Bravo. But I didn't want to not do a weekly recap for everyone, um, mostly for myself. A lot has happened. Uh, not so much like within the actual episodes. I think there's just a lot to reflect on. Uh, I did a Patreon episode with Kate Casey, who is a reality TV just guru, um, and not even reality TV, docu-series, just any type of real entertainment. Uh, Her podcast episode with Greg Kelly um, from Outcry. I almost called him John McCarty because that is the other piece of it. If you've watched it, you understand why I'm saying that. Go listen to that podcast episode. It was unbelievable. Also, listen to our Patreon episode. So we are now on Patreon. For $5 a month, you can get exclusive bonus episodes. So a lot of our podcast episodes that we were doing with Bravo Liberties or just special Bravo experts are now going to be available on Patreon. So if you pay the $5 a month to help support us, we're going to give you that extra bonus content. But If that's not in your budget, we totally get it, and we're going to keep giving you these recaps. So with Kate, I really dove into Beverly Hills and what's going on with Brandy, why we think the women are against Denise. So I'm not going to really recap what happened, but I'm going to make some predictions for this upcoming episode. The ladies are on their way to Rome. Um, Well, they've mostly landed except for Denise and Garcelle. Of course, we have all these conversations happening with Teddy and Kyle and Rinna regarding Denise. But you know, I just feel like the way production's been going this season, whether it is because of Denise's unwillingness to participate or just uh, the cease and desist orders, there's a whole multitude of things going on. But I think the biggest thing is we're not really getting the meat of what we're being promised in the previews or what we've been promised this season. And I think this is going to continue in Rome. I think we're going to have the ladies shopping, going to lunch. Of course, we're going to have Dorit using her Italian and the fact that she's fluent and spent time in Capri. And I guess that's why she is now the Buco de Beppo uh, interior decorator, which is another story within itself. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think in the last 10 to 12 minutes of the episode, the women are going to sit down for a dinner and they're going to confront Denise. I think it's really interesting that 
Denise's placement at the table is at the end in the same spot she was um, at during the dinner after Rinna's daughter's makeup launch. So she has she's sitting in the exact same chair and spot on the table. She also has a very similar hairstyle and similar outfit. So we all thought we weren't getting the bravo, bravo, fucking bravo moment. I think we might be getting it potentially in this scene. I, I don't think... It's a coincidence, though, that her placement is the same and the outfit is the same. And I think part of it is they knew that that piece, when it happened, was really going to keep the season going. And so they've implied that it's going to happen, that it was going to happen in other episodes uh, ahead of time to keep us watching. That being said, I I think it's going to fall short. I don't think we're going to get a lot of drama. I think Denise has made it very clear that she's not going to play the game of being open, free Denise that lets us know everything about her life. I don't know if it's so much because of her or because of her husband. Kate Casey thinks it's mostly because of her husband. But I just, for some reason, I think Denise is not wanting to play the game. I also think she wants a way out. I think she's done. She said she will only come back if it makes sense, which I think is the biggest indicator of she's not coming back. I also doubt production wants to work with her. I get the feeling that she's been very difficult to work with. And while she's, you know, went to the reunion and she's kind of participating. There just seems like a lot of things that she just simply isn't going to and talk about. I also am not too surprised that she's keeping this fight going with the women about the whole threesome thing. I think she knows that if she does that and keeps that going, she can distract away from the other things. She's probably hoping that Brandy never came on the show. Brandy let her know the second she filmed. So Denise knew that this was happening. And I think Denise is trying to do everything she can to make sure that that d- did not air. Uh, so I think in this episode, we're, we're really going to see this, the traditional vacation stuff of going to different places, Beverly Hills more so than any other city. Maybe New Jersey is another one. This happens a lot. They seem to split a lot on these vacations. Part of it is the cast is ginormous for Beverly Hills. I mean, we have Rena, Teddy, Kyle, Dorit, Erica Jane, Sutton, and Garcelle. You have seven women. I'm probably forgetting someone because there's so many. But we have seven women on this vacation. It's highly unlikely that on any vacation you go to that seven women are all going to want to do the same thing in Italy. So I think we'll see some splitting. We'll most likely have Rinna, Kyle, and Teddy at the very least. Maybe Dorit's looped in there and they let Dorit know what's going on. They're all going to talk about it. It's all going to come to head at this dinner. And I think it's going to fall short. I think she's just going to walk away and that's the end of it. She could potentially even leave Rome early. I wouldn't be too surprised if we don't see much of Denise after this trip. We are definitely approaching the end of Beverly Hills, which it feels like it was a long season with short episodes. Not not so much a good good thing. I think we're really struggling to have content, to have a good storyline going. I don't know if it's because these women are uh, trying harder to make themselves I don't want to say likable because a lot of times the most entertaining people aren't the likable ones. I'll be honest. I love Rena. I love her. I know she is a very polarizing character, but I love the entertainment she brings. She stirs shit up. She kind of just makes these little smirks and sits back and watches it all happen. I truly love Rena, but I think she plays that role. She wasn't like that in the beginning. She had a couple seasons where she tried to be nice to everyone and not get involved. And honestly, it was boring. So, um, I just, I think they're really struggling. I don't think, you know, Garcelle was available to film as much as they were hoping. Then Sutton's ex-husband said that you can't show anything with their kids. So that's why she was demoted to a friend of. We lost a lot of of footage there. We have Denise really not even wanting to be on the show and participate. Uh, So we have three 
of these seven women just not really available. It's just, it's, it's not giving us a lot of content. So they're stretching a lot out. I feel like this, there weren't as many episodes. I really don't even know what to expect for the reunion. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, the five women who have been around for a while. We saw them posting on Instagram afterwards. So that's Kyle, Teddy, Renna, Dorit and Erica Jane. They will be fine. They'll probably have a little things where we see like Dorit fighting a little bit with Kyle again. Teddy uh, and Renna might have a little like few jabs at one another, but at the end of the day, those five will be fine. I'm not really sure where Denise Sutton and Garcelle are going to fall. That might be the only reason why I truly tune in. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's Beverly Hills in a nutshell. So nutshell, I guess I'm going to say go into tomorrow. If you're listening to this, uh, when it releases today's Tuesday. So tomorrow Beverly Hills will, um, the new episode will air. I guess I just go into it not uh, expecting too much. And I don't think this dinner, I just just don't think we're going to get a lot of it. I think it's going to be five to six minutes of true footage and we'll have a commercial break in between. uh, And Denise is just going to get up and leave. And I don't know how much of the fourth wall is going to be broken. Now, pivoting to New York, the fourth wall was fully broken. And I think this is something that Potomac has been doing since season one. uh, And some of the other franchises are starting to do it. And I think there was sort of this always this sense of like, don't make it known that the productions are in cameras there. You know, the whole point of reality TV is just to seem like they're like just these innocent bystanders that happen to have cameras. But we know that's not the case. I mean, every single one of these women have their own producers that's helping them develop their storyline. They're telling them what they're hearing from the other women. They're st- kind of helping ignite drama that's already there. So as viewers, for me at least, I want to see that. I love seeing the fourth wall be broken. And with New York, that was 100% the case. So it starts off very touching. And this is the one thing I think that Beverly Hills might be lacking. I think we see it a lot with New Jersey as well. We've, we see it with Potomac uh, and we see it occasionally with Atlanta. Atlanta's, uh, it comes and goes. But they have these moments where it is a touching real life that um, shows that these people are more than just rich women that get drunk on TV. And so for this moment with New York, we really kick off with Luann uh, coming to a meeting with people who were previously incarcerated and are now free. And hearing these stories, it was just, it was so inspiring. I think for some of these people, you would think like, oh, if I was locked up for 25 years and I finally get free, I might have like a sense of resentment and anger for the time I missed. And a lot of these people are just thankful for another chance. And they're saying they want to do everything they can to not go back. And I think, you know, in light of shows such as Outcry, which I mentioned earlier, I'm in other docuseries that are just showing how hard it is in jail and then how hard it is when you get out. If you have not seen When They See Us on Netflix, it is about, they were called the Central Park Five, but they now want to be called the Exonerated Five, which, which I think is a much better term for this group of young boys. But uh, watch that. It's really, really hard and really challenging. But what you see, too, is just the battle after you get out, innocent or not, once you get out of jail. There are now, obviously, if you were found innocent, it's a little bit different. But if you truly were innocent, you serve your time and you're released, there's a lot of roadblocks to helping you get a job just to helping you be able to try to get some resemblance of a normal life. So hearing these stories, I think it's just knowing the environment we're in and knowing a little bit more about some of the faults in in the system. I just, I think it means that much more. I teared up at some of them. Um, I did laugh that of course, Luann's suggestion was taking everyone to the spa. 
and they were thrilled about it. I mean, I think everybody needs a little bit of time to feel pampered and uh, just, you know, they call it like me time. Uh, but that just seemed like a very Luann thing to say, like, I'm going to take everyone to the spa. Not I have all these connections. Let me help you get jobs. But maybe she said that and that just wasn't aired. Overall, though, I thought that was a really touching piece of it, which then kind of like pivoted into another bit of a heavy conversation with Leah and her sister. So Leah and her sister go back to the the weird spa where you can like see men and basically their underwear. Um, people are in swimsuits. You're getting like hit by the leaves. All She took all the women there. And then after you're done, you have beer and greasy food, which honestly, best of both worlds, get a little bit of a massage, have some drinks and eat some really good appetizers. Uh, but so Leah takes her sister there and it seems like they go there pretty frequently. And they're talking about their mother. And so Leah's really struggled with her mom. Her mom believes that she shouldn't be drinking. Uh, Leah's trying to kind of find her balance in her journey of sobriety, whether that's occasionally drinking, not drinking at all. And I think we're going to continue to see this uh, story with Leah. And I, I, I think it's relevant. Anyone who's gone through any type of journey, whether it's sobriety or, I mean, just trying to be a healthier person, there's moments where you want to go back to your old life, even if you don't think that's the best thing for you. So she's talking about wanting to forgive her mom. And Leah's sister basically says, I was having a conversation with our mom. And she basically said that she doesn't like us. Like she doesn't like her own kids. And I hate being a mom judging a mom. And this could be a manipulation of words. I just couldn't ever imagine and talking to one of my kids saying like, oh, I don't really like you either. Or I don't like your brother or sister. I just, I don't. And again, I, I haven't walked in her shoes. I don't know if that was truly what said, but it kind of made me sad because I feel like Leah was ready to reconcile with her mom. She was just going to apologize to kind of let them move forward. And then this happened. Um, and quickly now Leah's like, I don't think I am going to apologize to my mom. Um, so, you know, there's just, I don't know, a heaviness to it. It's real life. I think there's a lot of people who have challenging relationships with their parents and it can oftentimes be a result of different dependencies, whether that's, you know, an addiction to something or even just, you know, possibly a parent, you know, not being around and now they're back in your life. I'm so like, this is the thing with New York. It's just, I feel like it's so relatable, even though these women, as Ramona said, live in the top 1%, you know, I can't necessarily relate to having several vacation homes, uh, living in the upper, you know, East side and all this stuff, but you really, um, you really get a sense that some of their problems are real. And that is, I think, just what we're missing with Beverly Hills. Uh, You know, Kate touched on it. It's not so much the fact that Denise and Brandy hooked up and they're two girls. I mean, I I think we live in a time where it's not like, ooh, like super taboo. We all know a lot of people who are bisexual. There's been a lot of housewives that talk about it. Brandy's been very open about it. So that wasn't the shocking piece of it. I think it was more the events that followed. But other than that, I just, there's not a lot of relatability to Beverly Hills. And I think that's why they're struggling with ratings. They're just struggling with storylines. And and New York's found like the perfect mix. And I think their production company is amazing. Uh, Shed Media just does such a good job with New York. And they give us this. And so we're like, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm this is like I'm inspired. I, I I almost cried a little bit and I'm relating to Leah and her struggle with her mom. And then they give us the New York that, you know, we just need, which is these women getting wild and crazy. Ramona's party almost deserves its own bonus episode. So I want to set it up and focus basically the rest of this time on Ramona's party. So she invites 50 of her closest girlfriends. If you've not been religiously watching New York this season, 
that's maybe the biggest thing you've missed. Ramona wants everyone to know that she has 50 close girlfriends and not, you know, not everyone else has that many girlfriends and everyone must be jealous that she has 50 close friends. No one's jealous. We've talked about this in other episodes. I even Avery was saying, mom, there's no way you're equally as close to 50 people. It is impossible for that, for you to have the same level of friendship with 50 women. It's going to be different. But so production, making light of this and just being amazing, starts telling all the women that come in. And I would love to know if Ramona had a, a little say in what number people got because it wasn't like, oh, I saw this person come in first. She's number one. Here comes number two. Now, people were assigned numbers. So we see like, I can't remember their names for 50 people, but we see Linda come in. She might be the first one. It says Ramona's friend number four. Then another lady pops in wearing a really interesting outfit. So Ramona wanted all the women to wear black and she was going to wear a red. Most Ramona moment ever. She just wants all the attention on her. She wants to stand out. I will share this woman's photo to our stories. She was wearing like, I just loved it. She had amazing like short spiky hair and she was wearing like black, but then like a bright colored blazer. It kind of reminded me of like women uh, in like the early 80s when they would work out, but they would, there were more about the outfit and their hair and their headband. But she, anyway, so we see number five, she's like number nine. So we're good. Basically, all the women were definitely assigned numbers. And the party is just, it's all about Ramona. She wants it, she says it's going to be a celebration of, you know, all of her friends, but it's really, it's all about Ramona and it's her day. She was not willing to share it with Dorinda or share it with Sonia, despite the fact that their birthdays were very close to them. Also, <laughs> Ramona doesn't even know Sonia's birthday. That was an amazing moment. She goes, your birthday's in a couple weeks. And Sonia's like, no, it's, it's next week. It's less than a week. And she made a point of calling Ramona out to make sure that, you know, she was aware that Ramona had no clue when her birthday is, but yet this is one of her close girlfriends. The theme for the birthday though. So you're thinking like, okay, all the women are wearing black except for Ramona wearing red. Maybe it's like, a, you know, just like a black and red theme, like kind of like poker-esque, you know, casino-y. No, the theme is everyone goes to Ramona's living room. I don't even understand that. She said it's because in all of her homes, whenever she has parties, everyone gathers in her living room, which isn't even necessarily true. Like I think about her Hamptons home. They all like hang out in her kitchen and at her pool. Like I, it wasn't like, oh, we're at Bluestone Manor and like everyone hangs out in, in the foyer or something. I don't know. I just, it was a very odd theme. And the guy who was planning it was so uniquely proud of the fact that the theme was everybody hangs and hangs out in Ramona's living room. I just, I don't get it. But so that's the theme. Um, and then she has all these like really kind of like fancy decor items set up. There's a, a full bar, of course. And there's like these tables with like, uh, or these ottomans with little like glass trays on them. And it's all like red and black. And I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, the whole point of the party was just for all these women to get together, get drunk and celebrate Ramona. I don't know if she needed all this over top over the top decoration. But if she didn't, that would have been Ramona and it wouldn't have been a, a real housewives party. So she says to Leah before Leah comes to make sure she wears something like classy. And so then Leah shows up and she looks very nice. She's wearing this like beautiful black dress and half of the other women miss the, the memo on wearing the black. Luann's wearing like a dark, like purpley color. Sonia is wearing like silver, a silver metallic dress. But I think Ramona realized uh, upon forgetting her birthday, she said, oh, you look so hot. I wanted you to look great. You look great. You know, you're, you're my best friend. I love you. You're one of my 50 closest girlfriends, blah, blah, blah. 
she wasn't that mad at Sonia. She was definitely mad at uh, Luann for wearing like this purple color because it didn't fit in with the scheme. Uh, most of the other women, though, follow along. Elise fell, followed along. Dorinda followed along. And Leah did too. But her dress was kind of, um, kind of parts of it were see-through, but she had like a slip underneath that was sewn into it. So you're not, you're not seeing anything. It was fitted. I thought she looked beautiful and stunning though. But the piece that was so odd to me as someone who kind of prides herself on women supporting women, Ramona turns to Leah and says like, you look great. Cause you know, Leah's like, you know, do you approve? You made some comments about, you know, I needed to look good. Do you approve? And she's like, oh, you look so hot because it's all women. It's okay. But if someone's husband was here, I would have told you to dress differently. Not to be like all feminist. And, and if you are feminist, great. Like we all have our different opinions, but I don't think that if a husband is there and Leah dresses, wears that dress, it's now Leah's issue to change. Uh, if you can't trust your husband to be in the the company of a, a woman wearing a fitted dress and you think that's inappropriate, that's on you. Like, come on, Ramona. Maybe that's some of your insecurities with, you know, Mario and a lot of the cheating allegations. But I just thought that was such an odd statement to make. But it's also setting this whole tone of like Ramona not entirely approving of Leah, treating her like, you know, it's her mom. She's made different comments to her where she kind of acts a little bit more motherly. Sometimes I think Leah's receptive to it. Other times she's like, shut the fuck up, Ramona. Move on. So time goes on. They're all super drunk. We have this powwow that is Sonia Luann, Dorinda talking. Basically, you know, we found out Sonia got kicked out of these bars in Philadelphia for being too drunk. They're worried about her drinking. She's not really saying what's going on. You know, she's got a lot on her plate. And let's be honest, you know, Sonia's always been a, a bit of a fragile person. She doesn't handle stress that well. Um, she kind of goes in and out of drinking too much, not drinking at all. And she now she's in a phase where maybe she's just drinking a little bit too much. And it was actually sweet. Like they weren't doing it in a judgy way. They're saying like, we're, we're scared of life sometimes too. We're overwhelmed too. You have to talk to us. And Ramona comes in and like, is trying to be like, look at my new purse. And Sonia just yells at her. It's like, it's ugly. Return it. It's ugly. We're having a serious talk. Get out of here. And it was just like one of my favorite moments because I don't think Sonia's ever been that directly rude and deservingly rude to Ramona. And all Ramona cared about was showing off this new purse. And Sonia quickly shuts it down. Clearly that pisses off Ramona. She leaves, acts like she doesn't care. But the rest of the women are now getting pretty, pretty drunk. They're having a lot of fun. They're like dancing on top of one another. First, it's uh, Luann and Leah and Sonia dancing. Dorinda jumps in and is kind of like humping the back of Leah. And all of them are having a good time. Lisa's getting in and Ramona gets livid and just loses her shit. And she yells only at Leah. And I will say, it was all the other women encouraging Leah to dance like this, but they're all dancing on top of her. They're all just as guilty. And Leah's like, that's it. That's enough. So she starts screaming back at Ramona and Ramona loses it. And this is where the fourth wall has been broken. I think for the only time I can remember for New York or just so blatantly broken. So Ramona turns to production and says, shut it down, shut it down. She's like looking at the camera, telling them to stop. Another cameraman's filming her, telling uh, her pro producer that she's going to quit, that that's the end of it. Sonia then takes us as the opportunity to start standing up on one of these glass, glass, uh, like mirror based trays on an ottoman. And she's just like stomping on it. I mean, all the women are going crazy. They're like destroying this party. And I'd like that is in that moment where I just am like, 
I hate to say it. And I know I talk about it quite a bit that I have like this weird guilt complex, but it's like in that moment, I'm like, this is why we love New York. We had so many just levels of emotions, a Ramona coaster, for lack of a better word, that we experienced in this one episode. And it just, it's wildly entertaining. You enjoy, you know, the uplifting, you know, kind of serious piece of it, you, pieces of it. You relate to Leah and then you just sit back and laugh and watch these drunk women just behave like they're still in college. And in some ways there was like a part of me that was like, I want to be at a party like this. Like I miss the days of like going out with my friends and not caring what anyone thinks and not worrying about how I feel the next day when I wake up. I mean, now if you have little kids, parenting hungover, the worst thing ever. So I just, I loved the episode. I'm really curious to see what other people thought. Oftentimes I think there's a mix and I I get those who are on the side of like, we're seeing this behavior of excessive drinking a little too much on New York. Andy commented, he thinks the women have gone off the rails, that it, it is too much. I also think there's a little bit of a liability. We're seeing Luann drink. And I mean, she said she was never court ordered to be sober forever. She didn't join AA with the impression that she was going to be sober forever. I will say she was pretty upfront that like, as of right now, she's feeling good about it and this is what she's going to do, but it, it can change and it might change. And she's, she's drinking again. I hope we see that balance. We have Sonia who's in her phase now of drinking too much. I think Sonia's, you know, journey of sobriety has been interesting. Dorinda as well. Uh, and Leah, we see a preview uh, of next week, though, and I'm, I was really disappointed that Ramona, I, I don't, I can't remember if she talked to Leah's mom or how she found out about it, but she fi- finds out that um, Leah has a diagnosed, I think it's like split por- personality disorder or she's um, she's bipolar. I can't remember exactly, and I, I know Leah's come out about it, but basically she's not, she shouldn't be drinking on the medication she's on. And I think that's Leah's story to tell on Leah's journey. I get this reality TV. And if you find out something about someone, you might just spread it. That's the Ramona thing to do. I just feel like she hasn't done this with the other women. I mean, it could be because Leah's new. Uh, Maybe she's feeling a little threatened. There are a lot of rumors that there's going to be a big shakeup in New York. Um, We're seeing some rumors of who these new women um, that might be holding an apple are going to be. My gut is Ramona and Sonia are both uh, demoted to friend of could be the same fate for Luann. I think Dorinda gets a chance to redeem herself after kind of her first season as a villain. But we see in the preview that Ramona's talking about Leah's, you know, mental health and the fact that she shouldn't be drinking in a very gossipy tone. And I just, this is not going to go over well. Um, I think this is, it's, I don't see the women rallying behind Ramona, partly because, you know, Leah and Luann have already connected on the fact that they have challenges with sobriety. Sonia has now come forward saying the reason, you know, everyone thought she had all this worked under her face, but she, she gained a lot of weight and you can see her face is significantly fuller. So she talked about the, a lot of that being her reaction to alcohol. She's going to talk about that more and her confessionals. Now she looks amazing. She's lost the weight. So I'm guessing she's kind of more in a, a, a journey of remaining sober or drinking more in moderation. Dorinda's talked about it a lot, you know, that she can sometimes dance on the side of over drinking. Ramona herself is very guilty of this, but she's the only one who I feel like never really like reflects back on it and thinks like, oh, perhaps I'm drinking too much. And, you know, her classic move is deflect. So instead of saying like, oh, I went crazy at my party, I'm going to deflect and put everything on Leah and the fact that, you know, I'm going to blast her mental health um, diagnosis. I'm going to talk about how she shouldn't be drinking. 
And I just, I see this being the turn for Ramona. We kind of saw the turn where people weren't necessarily all on Dorinda's side. They talked about the wrath of Dorinda. Luann talked about it. You know, Ramona and Luann talked about it together after the Halloween party. I, I just think this might be the point where we see everybody turn on Ramona. Um, and that's part of the reason why I think she'll be demoted to friend of. I think Sonia um, is going to be as well, only because, I mean, Sonia's main storyline now is just being drunk, being sober. As much as we love her, and I, th- I don't think she ever leaves. Like, I don't think we ever not have Sonia. I don't know if Ramona responds well to being friend of. Again, these are all predictions. Bravo has not told me anything. These are just my guesses. But I think it's time to bring new people in. Leah has done amazing. I think everyone, for the most part, really loves Leah. And I think she could be the new Bethany. You know, there's Bethany claims she picked her. And I don't know if I fully believe that or not. But I just see a lot of potential for some new younger women to come in and start facing out some of our OGs, kind of like what we're seeing in OC. I don't think we're far off from seeing it with Beverly Hills and Atlanta as well. But I think New York will always be New York. And there's all, like they'll probably find the Ramona 2.0, the Sonia 2.0. We'll have similar characters, but we're probably just going to see them uh, in a, a different phase of life where they've got younger kids, they have businesses they're trying to build versus, you know, kind of like what we're seeing now with these women, which is like, we've, we've already seen their journey. What else is, what else is really new to be discovered about Ramona? And we've, we've seen her single, we've seen her date, we see her go on a million dates. Uh, We've seen Sonia. So I just, I'm excited for the future of New York, but I also think like this current season has been amazing. And I was really worried about it without having Bethany in. So, you know, this coming week, uh, I think it's, I think for both Beverly Hills and New York, we're going to see, um, some interesting moments. I don't think Beverly Hills, it's going to be as, you know, pivotal or, um, like dramatic is what we're going to see in New York, but that's, I think that's every week. I think, uh, Beverly Hills always kind of falls short to New York. Um, but, uh, obviously we're going to keep watching and we're going to keep recapping and we have, Potomac coming up in less than a week. So we will be covering three franchises again, which I am so excited about. We're also going to do some bonus episodes. Again, those will be available on our Patreon. Um, And if you want to find out how to follow us on Patreon, just go to our Instagram account. If you click on the link in our bio, we have kind of different buckets that you can click on. on One of those is listen to us on Patreon. We also now have Real Moms of Bravo merch. So if you'd like to tell everyone that you are also a Real Mom of Bravo, uh, we have phone cases, magnets, stickers, t-shirts, tank tops, onesies, even throw pillows. Um, I don't know necessarily if I'll be having a Real Mom of Bravo throw pillow, but if you do get one and you place it somewhere in your house, send us a picture. We'd love to see it. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed me, uh, just ranting. This was kind of, uh, exhausting. I feel like I need to take a, a deep breath. Uh, and we will have Vanessa back soon, but I did not want to not cover a Bravo episode. I'm actually shocked. I was able to make it over 30 minutes. Um, so if you're not following us, we, I said all the different ways you can make sure you're following us on Instagram. That's where you're going to find out basically everything you need to know about what's going on with real moms, everything, Bravo drama on and off screen subscribe to this podcast so that you are aware whenever our new episodes come out. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a five-star review. It means so much to us. And then for those bonus episodes, check us out on Patreon. And with that, we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. 
Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. 